millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hi. Hello. Welcome back to a bonus Patreon-exclusive episode of Old Millennials. I am one of your hosts, Margot Poupard. And I'm your other host, Emily Beijing. While we're here to talk about TV, specifically scammers, I think you could qualify Love is Blind as a scammer show, especially oh. considering some of the, how, how the grooms, um, ex- who they turned out to be, it felt very scammy. Oh. But, oh, uh, but the scam that we, kept on giving. Before we get too deep into the Love is Blind uh, universe, Emily, how are you doing? Well, Margot, I think you and I deserve, are going to need a much deserved break, uh, just a vacation, a bigger boat. Which I agree, we do need a boat. <laughs> yeah, a boat. <laughs> it's been look. So we like for context. I just closed on my first ever home. Yay, adult adult things. I think more um, stressful than that. You just moved. <laughs> I just moved over the weekend. Um, so now I am Margot's neighbor in the East Bay in Oakland. Mm. And it's what? very exciting. What, what? Um, but yes, I am living in a sea of boxes right now. Uh, but luckily, my TV has been set up and my couch is, <laughs> it's is called covered parties. in blankets. It's called party, it's- sweetie. <laughs> Nesting, baby. <laughs> I mean, if we don't have our shows, what do we even have? I think that that is really what you're trying to tell us right now. Exactly. Exactly. How are you doing, Margo? Oh, you know, fine. I don't know. I'm exhausted by how social everybody wants to be, but I am also thrilled to be going out and drinking my little drinks and seeing people. But um, I taught kids in person for the first time in a very long time. And I still feel like I am recovering from that because those little energy vampires are exhausting. <laughs> so 
Um, yeah, you know, I just got a lot of stuff happening in March. It's like it's spring outside. My allergies are awful and everybody wants to hang out. And all I want to do is watch TV and like not hear my voice till like 730 p.m. But everybody refuses to let me to live. So that's fine. Here we are. This is what we're doing. I'll, t- I'll tell you what. When you and I hang out, it is either your place or my place, blankets, couch, TV, maybe, and alcohol. Silence. Yeah. That's all I want. But yeah, (laughs) things are going great. I actually haven't really had that much time to catch up on TV. It's kind of like been nice to be forced. Well, not forced. I mean, oh my, oh no, my problems are so hard. Um, But to be totally honest, I don't know if I would have finished either inventing Anna, which I did not finish. Spoiler alert. I couldn't. When Last yes. night, Emily, last night. I know. Okay. I tried. I watched, mm, I watched seven and eight. And like when eight started, I was like, surely this must be the finale. And it goes no. on and freaking on. Emily, when I heard it like flick to the next episode, you can ask Sean. I actually yelled. I was like, what the fuck? You mean this isn't over? It's not over. And then when I paused it, it had the fucking gall, the gumption, the straight goopery to be an hour and 20 minutes long. In what universe do you have another hour and 20 minutes worth of shit you need to tell me? Because I already watched a fucking journalist that I don't fucking care about push a baby out of her vagina, which I found forwarded through most of because i don't need 10 minutes of that what does that have to do with being a scammer i'm i am so pissed about that fucking show i cannot i mean i think i just when, let you know but i hate that fucking when show. all when all is said and done that show will have been over 10 hours that is insane well think about it oh my think god about how many episodes each of them is like an hour and episodes then- and then it's like one of them's an hour 20. Like that's, that's like almost 10 hours. Well, Why? the first episode is also a little over an hour too. It's like an hour that's, 15, yeah. maybe it's yeah. also long as fuck. It could have been just that episode to be honest. It could have just been that episode. And like, it's just, you know, I was talking to a coworker about it yesterday and she's like, it is slow. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, it's slow. It is un- and unnecessary. It goes down so many avenues that like we just don't care about. You brought up oh the main God. one, which is like yeah. we don't need to know that much about this journalist's life. Um, but like really, there's just too much, too much. This is no one the 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 New York the New Yorker piece or the New York magazine piece did a fantastic job weaving this narrative together. And I think and and took from all of these accounts and backstories to weave a really co- like cohesive narrative. And I feel like this series takes that source material and then just is like, well, let's just try to fit everything else in there that didn't make the cut for that piece. I and mean, I just- think it's being really generous because I don't even think it's that. I mean, there's shit that's just like, well, I, I, like you're making up stuff like and, and that's yeah. fine that it's fictionalized but I don't think that that show resembles the article at all I mean in no. some in some places but mostly it gets lost in all of the other shit it's trying to do but we're not here to talk fully about inventing Anna yet I think we're gonna no. go it seems like we're going from Netflix into Hulu like in our in the way that we're laying this out and then we're gonna like dip quickly into Bravo to wrap up some Salt Lake City thoughts but today we're gonna talk about Love is Blind and inventing it yes. on Netflix. And then we're going to talk about Hulu's Pam and Tommy or Tam and Pammy and the dropout, which uh, reverse those. We're going to start with the dropout because we're going to go from scammer to scammer, like s- oh, bad yeah. scammer adaptation to amazing scammer adaptation. And then we're going to go to a show that was, uh, 
I think I was, I don't know. I don't think I really liked Pam and Tommy, but it was nice to finish it for yes. the purposes of this podcast, because I don't think based on like conversations that we've had um, off the podcast, I don't think I would have revisited it after three episodes. Cause I was sort of like, I kind of get it. And I still stand by that, but I am glad I finished it because the the 90s set dress and costume design and everything is just so much fun to watch that you can kind of tune it out and thank god they vary these episodes in length which i yes. also think is maybe not that's good sometimes when you don't you don't really want to watch it for that long but mostly i find that to be uneven storytelling like by and large but anyway no i agree i think the other thing with that is i i will say i found it over time i found it got i enjoyed it more towards the end than i hmm. had those first three episodes which usually is the flip side for me i find that often when it comes to these types of shows i really enjoy those first three episodes and then something like and just like that's a good example of this where i thought the first few episodes were really well strung together for the most part and then there's a point where it kind of fell off the wayside um but I will say, yeah, there is a, I also think that the timing of it was like, just, I mean, Netflix is not no dummy. Like they perfectly, you know, sliced it with this announcement about the documentary that's going to come out on Pam Anderson, um, just as those episodes were airing about how, you know, much scrutiny she received in the media after uh, that sex tape went viral. Right. But I feel like, I don't know. In some ways, like we we covered it. I think it's gonna be fun to see it from her angle, but I guess it to yeah. me it also depends on who's directing it because sometimes Netflix can do. I mean, they're not HBO documentaries. You know what I mean? No, like, I don't know how artful or how deep it's gonna be. Um, it could just be some middling documentary that we're sort of like get a mix of things that we don't know. <clears throat> Excuse me get a mix of things that we already know and things that we don't know. So I don't know. I think there's, we'll see how that all goes. And if it also, if it even fucking sees the light of day, projects get announced constantly that you're like, whatever happened to that thing? And like, it never shows up like, or the yeah. reverse, uh, a pleasant surprise, like Amy Poehler's documentary about Lucy and Desi, which is a great counterweight to the garbage that was being the oh, Ricardo's. And talk about like a thoughtful and insightful and realistic portrayal. I mean, Amy Poehler's like a great documentarian. I I didn't even know she had like an, I, I didn't even know she was doing stuff like that. So, and from like a comedian's point of view, and someone that's been a very similar position, like I can't I I can only recommend her Lucy Doc. That's on Amazon Prime, even though we're not talking about it today. But just an example no, yeah. of things that like pop up out of nowhere, and you're like, oh, why didn't I hear more about this? Because you know. You never know what's going to make it. But I think the more interesting Pam news is that she is going to be uh, in Chicago as like Roxy Hart, I think. Yeah. And in the, in the in the production of Chicago's Roxy Hart. Which uh, I she think is be perfect. on Broadway. Yeah, that's, uh -oh. that's what I Yeah. Which I think is good. Look, I think it's interesting because the story of, you know, it's about taking a uh, infamous thing and turning someone, you know, spinning it like. I think it's kind of perfect that they would cast her. I don't know about her vocal chops, but. Oh, yeah. No, my O was mostly because I was thinking about Erica Jane since she was the last Roxy Hart before the pandemic hit. <laughs> oh, but God. I would like to be replaced by Pam Anderson. So that's all. That was what my O was for. <laughs> um, but well, no, I think, think about this Love is, is Blind. Be... 
Yeah, of course. Yeah, I think that's really our 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 big lead here, which is wow, 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 wow. Um, I as I put on my Instagram stories. (laughs) Yes. Uh, no man. I hope that no person in the greater Chicago area will ever trust Shake with their animal. Like I, after after watching, I just yeah. Can yeah. I just Many tell shots. you there is no more dreadful a phrase in the English language than when we were in the pods. I don't know why, but it just every time I have to hear them say that, it just from season one too. I was just like, God, that's such a bleak statement for some reason. Like, I know that's how y'all met, but can't you think of like a less sad way to talk about your relationship in the past tense? You're like, you're, I don't know, you're nostalgic for literally talking to a wall. I don't know. I just, so I, that always bumps me for some reason. But apart from that, I think I love Love is Blind and I'm not going to stop watching it. And the reunion was completely unhinged. But I will say, you know, the problem with like reality shows like this that have a gimmick is that by season two, everybody's fucking hip to the gimmick. It's like married at first sight in a lot of ways. Like as the season progressed, yes, it got more insane because they got more like secret influencers who are just doing it for, you know, to bar from the Bachelor universe, not the right reasons. And I feel like we got a little bit of that. Like I felt like the first season was so earnest and that mm-hmm. this season had a little bit of like a like with Shin Shanae. Shana. Shana. <laughs> God damn it. Fuck that fucking squinty eyed bitch. God damn it. Whatever. <laughs> she felt a little produced, right? Oh, like, for sure. Sure, Kyle is not mentally well, but like I just felt like her little squints and like her little forced love triangle, especially when you find out that she was like maybe dating some greek restaurateur this whole time you're like okay i don't this is not what i want i want them like innocent and dumb like uh that annoying guy and that crazy lady from the first season amber oh She's yeah so, god so annoying and barnett the- barnett and amber thank you i always want to like more like barnes and nobles like that's what i name associated <laughs> with and like his name's not barnes or noble but Anyway, they're both insufferable, but they're like both, you know, wide-eyed morons and it didn't feel rehearsed. Like, and then especially when you see them like still together acting the way that they've always acted, you're like, wow, yeah, no. So glad yeah, you guys I- took each other off the off the market. This is okay. So and and you bring up a really good point, which is that in the first season of that show, we ended up with two marriages that went through and are still going today. And in both cases, those couples seem really solid like Cameron and mm-hmm. Lauren were absolutely yeah. adorable and mm-hmm. you know everyone's rooting for them and Amber and Barnett even though like you I found them to be kind of annoying ultimately they seem very happy with one another and they I think make that's total great. sense together you make know what I mean sense. like the watching contrast, both of their yes. journeys it all adds up it all and adds I up this, yeah I think you're about to get to the point that I I want us to get to go ahead this particular season's two mm-hmm. final couples that make oh. it to the altar say I do. And I am, I'll say this, I'm rooting for Jared and Ayana. I think Same. they're great. They're mm-hmm. ador- like, I think she is absolutely adorable. And I really genuinely hope he is done with his partying ways or whatever. But it or just at least feels that they find like a, a middle ground, balance. like you were saying, yeah. right? Like yeah, 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 they're yeah, trying yeah. to figure it out. And I think for two people who truly have only known each other for like a fucking year, they seem yeah. pretty solid. They seem they pretty, pretty solid. Danielle and guy that I only want to call Mark that is not Mark. Mark Nick. Nick. 
he they are that's what the amount that he was sweating when they got married oh, I was like, this my is god like, like i you know raised catholic but like and i don't i'm i don't really believe in any of that now but i there was a first sign from god it is that profuse sweating that you should run that this is not meant to be that it, you two are doomed that was like what when 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 shake mentioned the terms jacuzzi hot that is what Ooh. I imagine. Like Sweating. it is Sweating. just so much sweat. And they're the two of them to me still make absolutely no sense. They look I, so uncomfortable together. They look so uncomfortable. So easy. It's so and the weird. Forced, the forced outfits of like red, you know, like the uh-huh. in the in the reunion special with like right. the reds and the blues with the couples who made it. Like it's just but it, it and I just again I'm rooting for Jarrett and Ayana. But it just felt a little bit more forced in uh, both these cases than it did our first season. Um, so I, I, I hope, and I, I sincerely hope I, Jared and Ayanna make it. Um, but Nick and Danielle, I don't know. Like this, it just feels like they needed a second couple to make it through, and this was this couple. Well, I, I do believe that they wanted to say yes. I just don't know how much of them saying yes in that moment is like the obligation of it all. You know, like we're already here. We're on the show. Our parents, I look like a fool. Like, you know, all of the sunken cost fallacy stuff that gets sure. you like the, that gets you to say yes to shit that you, in your gut, you know, is not right. I feel like both of them felt like they were forced you know like yeah i'm not saying that they don't have love for each other or whatever i just feel like there's something there that doesn't fully gel and i think maybe they both sort of rationalized it away as like well we've only been together for a short amount of time so we were probably going to keep dating anyway so we should just do this marriage thing and if it doesn't work out then it doesn't work out i think that that's their attitude whereas like I feel like Jared and I are kind of more in it for like, we're married now. Whereas I feel like not, not Mark and Danielle are all about like, well, we got to this point. (laughs) It's like, wow, that's, uh, that's tough stuff. I will say though, I was shocked more so in the second season by the people who said no than I was in the first season. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Because up until I'm this point when Sal said no cuz that little yeah. ukulele motherfucker he's been out here trying to convince us all that he's so cute and twee and whatever the fuck else and then he has the guts to say no to her in that i mean she had the best wedding dress too i got to say but like she did. Mallory, i just feel right? like yeah Mallory i i just didn't get any of that at all like i don't understand any of his logic and maybe it was that moment at the party where he saw her talking to Jared that kind of changed it for him forever but I just feel like this is why you can't trust a dude who fucking sings you songs all the time. They're full of shit, obviously. Uh, my biggest thing with Sal and Mallory is that they were very quick to paint Mallory in this bad light. Mm-hmm. Of she was, you know, clearly interested, still interested in Jarrett. She didn't get a ring she liked, all that. But then they kind of bury the lead at one point in one of the episodes where it was clear like Sal was talking, had been talking and dating someone prior to getting on the show because – 
based on what they 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 talked about, it sounds like that they had already cast prior to pandemic, and yep, they were going to get ready to film that multiple and they times. Mentioned that. Yeah. And so it sounds and, – and what he says is that, well, the producer said we should not stop living our lives just because we've we've halted filming or whatever. So he clearly was dating someone and clearly that girl got back in touch with him um, mm-hmm. while he and Mallory were engaged. And so – but they didn't really spend much time. It was almost like an afterthought. And I'm like, there has to be more to this story because she, Mallory, seemed wildly uncomfortable over the yeah. whole thing. And uh, on top of that, like, ultimately, I, I think I was just very surprised that at the altar, it was him saying no rather exactly, than her. Exactly. I seriously gasped. I thought that it was like a fucking no brainer. He did so much work to like convince people that he was ready and he was going to do this and he wants to get married. But it's like, sure, I guess, but just like not to her, to the girl that he was talking to before. I mean, this is like a major, you know, bachelor universe yeah faux pas right so i found that like you said to be shocking that they had just glossed over it like it was no big deal but mal can do better i think he's kind of a little weak sauce for me it's just like the fucking singing and the like i yep. i whisper talk like what can you speak up like don't do the fucking alec baldwin whisper technique right where i feel like lean in to listen to you talk so i don't know there's something about him that's sort of annoying and cloying and i i despise the singing and the fucking yeah. ukulele. I like it's I love I'm for like romance and like spontaneity and that shit, but like ugh, to like be serenity is so awkward. It is. It is. I think the other couple we have to obviously talk about is oh, sure. Natalie Shane and Natalie, which like where I every time I think I'm not going to like Shane, I see him in another light. And I'm like you just have like what you said, Margot, Gary Busey coupled with um, Matthew Lillard, Matthew like Lillard I say, energy. I mean, I think you're right. But then I, to, to counterpoint you respectfully, he like turns and you're like, wow, Shane's not so bad. And then he immediately turns back yeah. to the beast, right? If we're doing Beauty and the Beast, kind of like he's he's the prince. He's a beast. He's a prince. He's a beast. And he's yeah. kind of got like he kind of has that quality to him, too. Like I can see him being upset and that being very scary. You know, and yeah. Beast from Beauty and the Beast, like, and our little Belle, aka Natalie, doesn't deserve that shit. I mean, no, I agree. I'm sad that it ended like that. You know what I mean? Like that it was such a steep drop off, especially when I feel like people were like, "LOL, this relationship's so dumb. Like it makes no sense." But then when you watch them together, they did seem to get along really well. So it was sad to like kind of watch it. And like that, but I think it's also smart to know, obviously, when to walk away. And I think it also is proof that they tried to date even afterwards that there was something there. But I think that ultimately, I don't know, Shane needs to work on himself. For sure. Um, And Shane, so my my biggest, I mean, the the group that the two the couple we're gonna have to really talk about now and it's not so much the couple because deep tea is a lovely human beautiful like she she is she is she seems like a wonderful person and everyone on the show clearly seems to have really liked her um but good god can someone please like i don't know what uh but like ensure that shake will not like reproduce because this man oh my god is unhinged and i'm like look i don't i don't dislike a reality villain like i get it that we need a villain and we have to have a villain edit here and there but the fact that this man 
has the audacity to come to the reunion and not only reiterate who he is, but double down on it and like gets to the point down, triple down, and then hits on fucking Vanessa Lachey in front of her husband. Like, oh my god, this man is on one, and I don't even think he's a villain. I don't. I genuinely do not believe you can get a quote unquote villain at it because they can't make you into a villain. There's a fucking footage. I think this man is just was doing his damnedest to hide how he really is. I mean, he's a fucking narcissist, full blown Z. Like he convinced everybody, including. Vanessa, the only person on the stage that he'd apparently bang as if it's like some sort of fucking honor to be banged by some like spineless weirdo who can only really perform surgery on pets and probably poorly at that. But still, I I just Only if they're cute, Margot. If they're they're too fat. If the animal's too fat, forget about it. The reveal is that he was, it's the Scooby-Doo reveal that he was the villain, like he was this person all along, right? The fact that he was able trick everybody into thinking that he was a human in a human suit was really like the greatest trick right it's like this is the fucking prestige apparently because he's just like ah i'm my own twin i'm a fucking piece of shit twin like i mean fucking crazy i i just like it, at some point in the reunion like it's not fun to have people like this around because i feel like they know they detract and derail and without being able to cut to other scenes or whatever throughout the episode we're just stuck we're their fucking forced audience. We have to fucking listen to them be psychos at us while all of us like try to repress our eye rolls. Like I fucking hate villains like that. It's so annoying. They suck all I, of the energy out all of, of it. All of it. That I heard. So you may have already heard this, but I hmm. had a friend tell me on Instagram. Hmm. Uh, we were we were messaging. He is getting a podcast, Margot. Fuck off. I mean, he is a mediocre man, so I guess I shouldn't be that fucking surprised. Fine, have your fucking podcast, sweetie. Like, good luck booking those guests you speak of. Jesus, Give like, me a fucking break. Oh, Come God. me when you've been doing a fucking podcast for as long as we have, which hasn't even been that long, but I guarantee you will be here before and after. So, good luck. I, I just yeah. can't. I just can't. The other the surprise for me in the reunion was that Shayna was fairly. I mean. Sure, she was, ta- you know, they talked to her and, like, she talked through things. But she was very, um, for what she had been on the show, was very different on the actual reunion and was very apologetic. And, like, well, not that I have any sympathy for her or whatever. Like, right. she she did some she shit. She doesn't believe like, in evolution, Emily. Don't fuck. Like, yeah, no, no. God is, Margo, God is science, okay? Uh, stop, God is science. No, no. Stop it stop it right now i just think that like that's what i mean what i was saying earlier is like this feels she felt a little like producer plant like producer manipulation not here for the right reasons kind of shit for the exact reason that you're saying right now it's like she's a completely different person and she has contrition i I just feel like uh, i think someone else and some i not i think i know someone else on a different podcast that i was listening to was briefly talking about love is bind saying that like they must have something in their contracts that when you get to a certain point, you know, you have to accept an engagement to continue on. And so people figured out the game. Like you have to get engaged, whether you like this person or not, if you want to, if you want any shot of being an influencer afterwards, like you have to make it to a certain point. And I think up until the wedding, you can say no also at any point in time. Like once you say yes at the wedding, that's kind of like the end point, but they want to encourage you to get to the altar because they want them to say no at the altar. It's much more dramatic, but up until that point, I think they have to also make it seem like they're even trying. So I feel like her kind of sputtering out was maybe the most realistic thing about her. 
So I don't think that she's, I don't really think she gives a shit about Shane either way, especially, I mean, I don't really know what her type is, but I highly doubt when she saw him in person that she was like, oh, hubba hubba. Like, I don't really yeah. think that he's her type, especially because I don't even remember them talking about religion at all. And so she's really into that. Like, it, the, that wouldn't change anything. So I really felt like her saying all that mean shit about Natalie was like clearly a producer in her ear, just being like, go be a bitch. So, cause she's yeah. apologized on and off camera multiple times. And so I have no reason to believe that that came out of nowhere. You know, like, I don't, I don't know if she goes, I feel like her main thing in real life would be that she would ignore you. She wouldn't go out of her way to talk shit about you. That's the vibe that I, I get from her personality. I would agree. Um, in terms of like other, I'm trying to see if we missed anyone. I know we didn't really talk about Kyle, um, which well, like, what do you think about him and deep, deep potentially dating in real life? Like now, I mean, it's just a little like too little too late. Like, I, I mean, I, he, cause he's like, he clearly has some issues, right? Like if he is he's weird, right? He's, like, he's, he's kind of weird. He's a little weird. And like for how lovely she seems like I, you know, he's obviously a step up from, from oh shake because God. who, who isn't right? right. I mean, <laughs> but like, the great manier, I don't fucking care, dude. You seem but, way more stable. He's just a little, I don't know. There's just something. Off. Yeah. I don't know what it is, but it's just, I don't know. It doesn't sit. It's, there's something just not all the way there. He's got that like Tom Cruise thing about him. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. We're like, I'm sure you're perfectly lovely and you seem fine to like be around and even be like friendly acquaintances with or whatever. But like, I just feel like at night you like power down and like, like a robot or something. Like, I don't know. Like there's something else happening that I'm not yeah. quite cued in on. And the intensity in which he says stuff, and like the sincerity level is like so I don't know maybe I'm just like dead inside but there's just something so off-putting about it that he's like I should have I should have deep d like making like very direct eye contact I was like please stand down too much stop too much eye contact yeah it's a lot um I don't yeah I think that's really of of all those uh, couples I think we've covered pretty much everyone I did read somewhere oh go ahead no 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 you go ahead because I have I'm gonna move slightly away from love is blind but still stay in the love is blind universe but go ahead well I was gonna say there's like a apparently I read somewhere that like there were couples there's a couple that came out Um, of the show of like people who yeah two of like people who didn't make it on the show like the you know the other episodes but like and I will say this about this particular season they didn't spend much time um, footage wise on those other individuals. And maybe there was, you know, there's a lot to unpack and cover during the season, but like, I feel like in the first season, everybody got a little bit of airtime. And, um, in this season, I could barely tell you any of, of the other people outside of the final, you know, eight or so or 10 people. Yeah. I, I don't even remember those people when they, when they revealed themselves, whoever they were, um, yeah. I don't, I couldn't really recall any of them. So, yeah. and I think maybe one or two of them came to like some, some cast parties that they had on camera. I mean, it's all kind of fuzzy because we don't really focus on them and then we don't get to know them. No. And so, I mean, your brain is unable to like form a memory and be like, Oh, that's Sarah who was like really into Jake. <laughs> right. <laughs> well, so my, what I wanted to move on to is, what did you think of the ultimatum, Nick and Vanessa Lachey's next show, which is basically just Temptation Island, but it seems kind of trashy and fun. I probably will check it out. But did you Me watch too. that trailer? It looked, yes, it looked fun. I, I'll probably check it out. Um, but we have so much other TV. 
that I feel like it's going to be, I'll, I'll definitely check it out, but maybe a little lower on my priority list. hundred percent. Like that's not going to be like day it drops or whatever, but I was intrigued. And that was another preview of what you can expect when you become part of the Old Millennials Cinematic Universe on Patreon. We hope you enjoyed this little sneak peek behind the Patreon paywall. And we hope that you will join us over there for five bucks a month for two bonus episodes every month. And and if you can't, that's totally fine. We get it. But if you can't and you still want to support this show, please know that you can always leave us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts or whatever it's called now or on Spotify since they now have a rating system. But just make sure that wherever you listen to this podcast that you are subscribed to our feed because we are about to drop that hot season seven on you, baby. It's coming. What day is it? It's the ninth. This is it's going to happen next week. Oh, my God. Oh my God. We're so close. What oh are we talking about? That's a pleasant surprise. So make sure. You're subscribed wherever you listen to podcasts. And also make sure you follow us on Instagram and Facebook at The Old Millennials Pod. And you can also follow Emily and I individually on Twitter. I am at Mark, she wrote. And I'm at Emily A. Beijing. And until next time, we say bye bye. Bye. Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com. Confidence starts with loving who you are. And when your skin feels nourished and glows on the outside, you naturally radiate confidence from the inside. Give your skin a glow up with Osea's clinically proven Mega Moisture Duo. This ultra-hydrating body care features two of Osea's best sellers, Andaria Algae Body Oil and Andaria Collagen Body Lotion. These seaweed-powered heroes use skincare-level ingredients normally reserved for your face for results you can see and confidence you can feel. Osea has been making clean, clinically proven seaweed-infused face and body care products for over 28 years. This luxurious skincare is vegan, cruelty-free, and climate-neutral certified, so you never have to choose between your values and your best skin. Glow from the inside out. Get 10% off your first order with code GLOW at oseamalibu.com. That's O-S-E-A-Malibu.com, code GLOW.